Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. I'm Joy Dooling, and you are listening to the Joy of Membership podcast. This podcast is for membership leaders. So we talk about strategies for attracting, engaging, and retaining members. But that's not entirely the focus of the show, because let's be honest here, there is no shortage of advice out there on best practices in membership. What we need to talk about is how to actually make those things possible in the real world, how to be absolutely sure that growth practices are going to stick, how to make those things easier, more consistent, and even automatic in some cases. Sound good? Then stick around because we're about to jump into it. Hey there, Joy Dooling here, host of the Joy Membership Podcast. Thanks for popping in for this episode. You know, often when I'm doing initial journey mapping with clients, they'll mention that events are a key part of their efforts to attract more members. It's a popular strategy. After all, regardless of whether it's a large in-person conference or a virtual summit or a special webinar series, an event offers an opportunity for someone who is new to you to actually feel what it might be like to be a member. The prospective member gets to see the type of people who are members, how your organization interacts with your audience, whether people are enthusiastic about being part of the event and part of your organization, and perhaps most importantly, what their own future might look like if they join. Right before the Thanksgiving holiday, my team wrapped up our support for a client's large conference in Chicago. There were three of us present live on site, while two others who had played critical roles during the planning served as remote support when needed. Because this was the first back to live conference that this client has hosted since before the pandemic, I tried to capture as much about the experience as possible so that we could assess opportunities to build upon for next year. Here are a few of the things that I noted and that you might find helpful for your own live events. First of all, there are actually multiple journeys to design. For this specific client, we had attendees, we had sponsors, we had exhibitors, we had speakers, we even had points of contact at companies that weren't actually attending, but they were sending staff. Each of these audiences needed specific communication that was relevant to them. But because this was the first time that my team was involved in this event, I feel like we covered the basics. But in the future, I would love to see more pre-planning of the messaging, sequencing, and channels. I think this would be really helpful to consider what you want the journey to look like for a sponsor, let's say, and design that experience end-to-end for the sponsor based on what they need from your organization. Do the same thing with exhibitors and attendees. The second piece that 
which had learned along the way was that the registration form was seriously underutilized. The registration process had already been kicked off when my team was engaged for this project, so there wasn't an opportunity to change that approach for this year. But the registration form is valuable real estate that you don't want to miss. You can ask about what someone hopes to gain from the conference, questions that they'd like to have answered in the sessions, which parts of the conference they are excited to attend. Often, some version of these questions get asked in the post-event survey, but if you ask them up front, you have a terrific opportunity to know what your attendees are actually looking for and to be sure that you have woven in parts of the experience that address that. Thirdly, new tech is wonderful, but it's probably going to require special attention. During the pandemic, while we were all remote, most people got used to using Zoom and other remote webinar platforms. But now that we're back to live, conference apps are going to become a bigger part of the experience. For the most part, these sorts of mobile apps are still very new to people. We had quite a few people walk up to the registration desk asking if there was anything that we could give them in paper to replace the app. So not everybody is ready to just poke around on their phone and find sessions, room numbers, those sorts of things. So that's something that we need to keep in mind for next year. Fourthly, we learned that it would be super helpful to prepare the follow-up ahead of time. Now, I always tell clients that the best time to issue an invitation to join a membership is on the backside of a positive experience. And I was reminded of this when people would come up to the registration desk to ask about becoming more involved the next year. We even had a couple come up to indicate that they had attended this year, but they were interested in sponsoring the following year. While we captured their information so that we could follow up later, in retrospect, it would have been so much better to be able to say, here, fill this out and we'll have you on our sponsor list for next year. As soon as they walk away from that table, the opportunity may have slipped through the organization's fingers. Now, we will, of course, follow up, but like I said, it would have been terrific if we could have done something on the spot by anticipating that there would be people who would be interested and ready to take action. Similarly, we need to act fast after the event. By having all that follow-up messaging ready to go, we can take advantage of that post-event glow that attendees and sponsors and exhibitors are likely feeling. Everybody's excited when they leave an event. Follow-up with all of those audiences could be more than one email, should be more than one email, in fact. Treat these as real campaigns with multiple pre-planned messages to invite first-time attendees into membership, alumni into next-step experiences, sponsors and exhibitors into early bird offers for next year's event, and so on. And then lastly, the final thing that I'll mention for, I guess, lessons learned from this most recent live event 
is that automation is your best resource. Now, this is obviously something that I know well because automation is what I love. It's what I do. But going through this project management experience with this event just reminded me how important it is to leverage automation to the maximum capacity that you can. You know, anytime that you want to start creating more specific experiences for your audience, automation is the answer. You can tag people with specific interests or those who attended specific parts of the event. You could tag first-timers versus repeat buyers, members versus non-members. You can also use different channels of communication to make your communication feel more real-time and real person-oriented rather than everything feeling like it's just a big email blast to everyone. I mean, why should everyone get the exact same email when some of them have already signed up? Some of them are exhibitors and not attendees. Some of them have already taken the actions that you want them to take, and some haven't. Segmenting in this way would be almost impossible to do without the right technology at your fingertips. But if you have the right technology, the possibilities are amazing. I could go on and on about lessons learned from this experience, but I'll stop with those six things for now. For many organizations, live events like this fit squarely in the discovery stage of the member journey, maybe bleeding over a little bit into contemplation. This is quite possibly the first exposure that a brand new member a new potential sponsor, or a promising new exhibitor has to your organization. So by intentionally planning for their journey, you can move them successfully through contemplation and into activation smoothly and quite quickly. Now, if you are interested in exploring how your organization might better leverage automation around your live event experiences or any other aspect of running your organization, let's set up a time to talk. Clients often tell me that what they can do with my journey care software feels magical. So together, we can explore where we could possibly make magic happen for you. It's easy to hop on my calendar. I keep it up to date online at joyofmembership.com slash consult. That's joyofmembership.com slash consult. With that, I will bring this episode to a close. I hope you've had a great Thanksgiving. Have a terrific rest of your week as we head into the month of December and take care. Hey there, you made it all the way to the end. Bravo to you. I'm back in just one last time to remind you that there's a free one-page PDF available over at the website that shows you more than 20 ways that technology could be supporting your efforts to attract, engage, and retain more members. It's actually broken down into the stages of the member journey, so you'll know exactly where each piece fits. And everything that's on that one-pager can actually be automatically done for you with software that costs less than $1,000 per year. So if you haven't already grabbed it, you can get your copy at joyofmembership.com slash tech. joyofmembership.com 
slash tech, T-E-C-H. Have a great week and I'll see you next time.